Are you a busy woman who at times struggles with reducing your daily stress? Do you know that you need to slow down but do not know how? If you're looking at reducing your daily stress, you're in the right place. My name is Denise Eckert and I welcome you to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. I just love interviewing guests so they can share their stress-reducing tips and techniques with you. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, please share it with someone who struggles with stress because lowering our stress will make us a better person, a happier partner, mom, friend, neighbor, etc. And the best part is happiness is contagious. Enjoy this episode. Hi there, I'm Denise Eckert from Balance Me Coaching, and I like bringing you ideas and tips and techniques to reduce the stress in your life. And today I've got Diana Lidstone with us to share her burnout story with us. Hi, Diana. Hello, thanks for having me. Great to have you. So I understand that you've got a burnout story that you'd like to share with us. I do. I do. I do. From burnt out retailer to online online marketing expert is the story. Nice. Can you just go into your burnout story a little bit? Sure. Sure. So, you know, I've always been, uh, my friends and family have always called me a little crazy and a little crazy because I've been, I have always dived into uh, entrepreneurship without knowing exactly how I was going to make it work, but knowing that it would work. I'm guessing that like a lot of your listeners, they're juggling business and life. And so I want to share with them a couple of tips that I learned from my burnout, which started back in kind of 1995, pre-online, shall we say, uh, when my husband and I uh, bought a building to open a gift store in a small town of about 5,000. And so we bought this building. It looked like an old house. I was going to open a gift store. Now, I'll set the stage. I really knew nothing, (laughs) honestly, nothing about retail. And so in that 12 years, I had to learn, as you can imagine, all about hiring and firing staff, all about inventory management. How about creating uh, displays, Uh, you know, there was this whole thing all about marketing. How do you get the word out there? And now remember, 1995, but I was able to make this store extremely profitable in the 12 years that I had it, despite what was going on at home. So what was going on at home was that my kids were teenagers, and we all know the challenges that those bring. My husband had a corporate job who and traveled. In my store, I worked probably six to seven days a week. And then we all go through periods of time when we have these uh, personal catastrophes. So my brother died and then my father died. And I ended up uh, feeling guilty whether I was at work. I felt guilty that I wasn't home. When I was home, I felt guilty that I wasn't at work. Then five years into the retail, probably the biggest challenge that occurred to me, I didn't want to use catastrophe challenge, was that our daughter became, our teenage daughter became bedridden with something called chronic fatigue syndrome. And I write about this in, in my book um, because it was a big challenge. It didn't affect just me. It affected everybody in the family. But I also say that in some ways it was a blessing because the relationship that I have now with my daughter, who's in her mid-30s, 
is very different, I believe, than if she had had, and I use air quotations for a normal teenage experience. You add all of these things up and uh, you have a pretty good recipe for burnout. 12 years into it, we sold our building and I thought I was going to take part of my retail business and put it online. So we sold the building, we closed what was there, and I thought I was going to take that online. I had the suppliers, I had a list of potential buyers already from the store. It didn't work out that way because once we sold the building and I got home, it was like somebody had pulled the plug on all my energy, like the pulling the bathtub plug. I just felt, whoosh, I'm done. I have no energy whatsoever. And I think that perhaps a lot of your readers uh, feel like that. It's like you're you're on the hamster wheel. And then if that wheel stops, right, you're, uh, yeah. So I spent a lot of time at home during the first year or so, getting up in the morning, getting my favorite coffee cup, going to the living room, sitting there and reading. Maybe in the afternoon, I would, you know, clean out a closet or so, because I don't know, but. I just felt in those 12 years that I had my store, housekeeping wasn't, you know, at the top of my list, even though I had a housekeeper, but, you know, you'd open a cupboard and you'd shove stuff in. You never got rid of stuff. You never decluttered. And so in my burnout, I did a little bit of that. I think about maybe it was well past the year mark, um, My daughter was now uh, recovered uh, from her chronic fatigue and she came home one day and uh, she was going to the cupboard where the tea and the coffee was and whatever. And she opened that cupboard door and she stood there and she looked inside the cupboard and she turned around to me and said, mom, and I'm going like, what, what's wrong? You know, did a squirrel jump out of the cupboard or something? And she goes, come here. I went running over. And she goes, look. And I go, what? She says, you've organized the tea and the coffee in the cupboard as if it was a display in your retail store. She says, I think it's time you find something else to do. I think it's time you get back into business. So I started going to uh, networking events. And at one of those first meetings, I met uh, a woman who had been a client in my store she was also in the process of transitioning her business. And so we had coffee. And during that coffee meeting, she said to me, she said, Diana, you know, you've been successful at building a successful business. So why don't you teach others how to do the same? Well, this was probably around 2010, 12 ish. So I started doing some researching and found out there was this thing called coaching. You know, who knew? Who knew someone would pay you for these things? The more I looked into it, the more the, uh, what I call, you know, the self-doubt that starts rising up. Well, I call that little voice in our heads, the itty bitty shitty committee. That little itty bitty shitty committee said, who do you think you are that you can coach and teach others? You know, I don't have a business degree. I don't have a coaching certification. You know, what are they going to pay me? Blah, 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 blah. I started going to networking and started, you know, putting my my name out there and everything changed when <laughs> my first client was actually somebody who had a master's in business 
And she came to me because she really didn't have the basic fundamentals of how to run a business. And that opened my mind to the fact that that's why I wrote my book called Shift Into Rich, Navigate the Nine Roadblocks to Small Business Success. That's why I wrote the book was because I realized so many entrepreneurs didn't have that basic information. But I also think that there's, I want to share three lessons, particularly for business owners that I learned. And I teach this to all my clients and, you know, we're just going to kind of skim over it today at a high level. But I think the first lesson was that as a business owner, when we start our business, we do it all, right? And I remember at retail, in the retail business, I, I did everything. I was the salesperson. I did the pricing. I managed the inventory. I did the planning and I cleaned the toilets. But really, as a business owner, our main job is marketing. And I think that was one of the big lessons that I had to learn, is that I shouldn't be cleaning the toilets, and I shouldn't be doing a lot of the admin stuff. And so what I teach my clients is to work on revenue generating activities so that they actually earn some money so they can pay someone to do the admin. Because if you don't spend time on marketing, you don't have a business, right? Because marketing is supposed to bring you leads and bring you sales. And if you don't have that, yeah, don't have a business. Most business owners, if they don't have the sales that they want, should be spending somewhere between 70 to 80% of their time on marketing. It's always a an aha when they find out that when they start looking at where they're spending their time, they are spending their time on administration, operations, uh, some of it on what I call customer fulfillment, but they're doing a lot of busy work instead of getting out there and doing revenue generating activities. And the other big thing that I had never heard of back in 1995 was this thing called personal development. And I believe that we can only be successful in business when we are a, uh, or when we grow, when we grow as a person, our business will grow. And so whether that is mindset, whether that is, whether that is skills, uh, business skills, whatever it is, certainly there, there needs to be some invested personal development. So that's the, the big number one. Spend more time on marketing than anything else. The other thing is, uh, the second uh, lesson is about niching down. And uh, so niching down simply means you need to be a specialist in your industry or uh, field. So you're a burnout specialist, right? And in my retail store, I probably should have uh, niched down even further earlier. So when we started out, I was a general gift store. So if you can think back, a New England, think of a quaint New England country store, you know, creaky floors, lots of candles and that sort of thing. And so we sold, you know, a lot of candles, a lot of low end, uh, low ticket things. And the funny thing was that about year nine, we had this opportunity that kind of hit us in the face. 
we had decided that we would put our business up for our building up for sale because it was really a 10-year plan. So year nine, we hire a real estate agent. I'll shorten the story. Someone came, made us an offer. We accepted the offer. We started liquidating our inventory because they didn't want our inventory. And then at the last minute, they said no. So here we were in a small town. Imagine a small town where we were front page on the newspaper that we had sold our building. We were liquidating. We were moving. We were, we were kind of retiring. At first, it felt like a kick in the stomach. And after we got over that, we really realized it was an opportunity for us to shift and to shift into being more specialized, giving our clients what they truly wanted, which was more home decor. And so we shifted from selling like $15 to $20 items to selling home decor, you know, a $1,000 chair. Well, you don't need many of those sales to become really quite profitable. If your listeners are in the coaching business or in the service-based business, it's no different than are you selling a bunch of little workshops or are you selling, you know, what some people call a signature program or a flagship program? By niching down and becoming known for that signature or flagship program, you will be more financially uh, successful. So that's the second tip. So the first one was spend more time on marketing. Second is niche down. And the third is kind of related to number two, and it's what I call simplify to grow. I think one of the big things is that when I first started my retail business, I had this vague vision, what I thought my business should be. And so it was this, you know, New England style country gift store. I hadn't done enough research to know what the market truly was looking for. But when I did, I found out that they really were looking for bigger ticket. How can they make their home more cozy and more comfortable? What is your vision for your business is what I always, always, always start my clients with. I also figured out that you need to be what I call predictably profitable. So how do you create sort of a rinse and repeat marketing system in your business so that you're not working 24-7? I worked long, freaking hard hours in my retail store, and I made myself a promise that I would not do that when I started my coaching business. You know, it took me a while to figure out what a successful coaching business looked like. And a successful coaching business looks like that you have this rinse and repeat marketing system set up so that you can do it over and over and almost create revenue on demand. So that's what I teach my, my clients now is how do they, what is the best marketing for them? What is the best marketing for you, Denise? What works best for you? You know, I used to do what I called the marketing hustle. I used to do in my store. And now remember, this is pre-internet. So we would do the faxing and we would do the ads in the yellow pages and we would do the special events and we would do discount coupons and newspapers and we were trying all this stuff. Well, I see the same thing happening with coaches and service-based business owners, right? If they get, maybe they get their certification, they try their, start their business And then they do this, uh, what I call the marketing hustle. They try a bit of this, they try a bit of that. 
their marketing is very sporadic. And what happens? Their profits are very sporadic. I teach them how to shift into what I call this predictably profitable uh, marketing, but it's keeping your business simple. And I hear people think, you know, talking very often about, you know, putting things online and they have course after course after course. And I go, one, maybe, you know, build your reputation on one course. Now, maybe you've got a downsell, maybe you've got an upsell from that, but it doesn't need to be any more than that. The problem is that as entrepreneurs, we tend to be very creative. We get distracted by bright, shiny objects. You know, I think if I had a a fourth lesson to learn is that we all need coaches and we all need mentors because otherwise we succumb to the bright, shiny objects. We need somebody to you know, be in our corner to cheer us on, to pick us up when we're down. I mean, I always have a coach because I believe that I need to be focused. Somebody needs to hold my feet to the fire. And that is the only way that we grow. Keeping our businesses simple, being niched down, focusing on marketing have been the keys for me. Recover, if you will, not recover, but to make my second or this business, much more successful, taking it to six figures and beyond. So I hope your listeners can gain something from this. If they want, I have a little a PDF that they can download. They can go to my website, uh, which is dianalidstone.com. So just the way it sounds, slash mistakes. And it is simply five common marketing mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make that keep them from making the sales that they want. And then I give them some suggestions on how they can avoid those marketing mistakes. So thank you, Denise. I hope this has been what you thought it would be. And I hope your listeners have been able to gain some words of wisdom. Well, it's great information. When I do start with clients, the first thing I do is clarity in life your values, your purpose, what's important to you. And basically what you've shared with us today, it's also important to have that in your business. So you stay focused and you're not bouncing all over the place and wasting energy, really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Well, great information. And thank you for being here today. And what I will do is put your information in the notes. So anybody who wants marketing mistakes freebie, it'll be there. So thank you very much. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. Have you ever wondered what your stress personality is? Are you a self-care goddess or a burnout queen? Well, you can find out by taking my free quiz. You just need to go to www.stressquiz.info to find out where you rank. Sending you love and peace and I'll see you in the next episode.